Hebrews is a good scripture to go to. We had, we had looked at this passage months ago uh, before communion to remind ourselves about who Jesus is, uh, to celebrate as the author of Hebrews does, that Christ was obedient. He ever lived to do the will of the Father. For it was fitting for him for whom all are all things and through whom all things uh, are for, he suffered to bring us to glory. He even went outside the gate for us, to give all for us. So when we gather today together to remember and to celebrate, yes, but also to bring our hurts, we celebrate Christ. As this passage will remind us, we fix our eyes on him, for he is our rest. He is our hope. He is the one who will bring all of us together today. So as we share in this meal, we will remember Christ. But also as we share in this meal, we remember the heavenly banquet that awaits the people of God. Well, we will be reunited together again with all who believe because of what Christ has won for us, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12 remind us that for the joy set before him, Jesus went to the cross for us. And so you and I, as hard as this day can be for us, we can take comfort and we can have hope. But this morning, I also want us to look at these, these reminders that the author of Hebrews says to us. What is to be our response to that great hope and to that good news? What, what, what are we to do with, with what, what we see here in these passages of what this author is saying to us? Who are we to be? Let's look together just for a few moments at verse 1. The author says to us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles. Many of us can testify to that. That word encumbrance in the, in the Greek means weight or a mass or a burden. It could be weights that a runner would put on him, him or herself to, so that to train for how they would run. Or really it even means just take off anything that you have so that you can run well. We all probably struggle with something that's weighing us down. Some of those things are our fault. Some of those things are not our fault. But whatever it is, could you and I take those things off today, at this meal, in this moment, and place them at the feet of Jesus and say, you have them. I've been holding on to that hurt too long. I've been holding on to that guilt too long. I've been holding on to whatever the self-sufficiency, whatever it might be, it's got to go. And you read it too in the Greek, and it's very clear. It doesn't say, get most of it off. Would you get one thing off? In the original language, it says to us, if you and I are going to run with endurance well, it's everything. It's all got to go. Would you trust the Lord with that this morning? As you come to this communion rail this morning, would you say, Lord, just, you know what that thing is or those things are. Would you take that encumbrance from me? Would you let that go? Would you lay it aside? And it's not just an encumbrance, those things that might trip us up, but the author here says also for us to be very mindful as we are every time that we come to this table, what in your life is displeasing to the Lord? 
Is there things you're coming back to habitually? Are there there patterns in your life? Is there sin in your life? Listen, Scripture is so clear in other places that sin kills, that sin wrecks, but there's a good word here for us too and reminder why you and I must must avoid it, why you and I must run from it. It's because it entangles. The word here uh, uh, in in the translation Corey read is it clings to us. The other Greek words for this are helpful too. I love what 1 Peter says says to us about this. He says, if you have escaped the corruption of this world, 2 Peter 2.20, don't go back to sin because you're going to be entangled by it. You're going to be worse off than you were before. And you keep looking at this word, especially in the Greek. It doesn't just mean it'll keep you from running well, the sin that keeps you from running well. But, but, but in its original language, it means this sin that's surrounding you, this sin that is encircling you, this sin, and maybe this is it. In this culture in which we live, that sin which is distracting you, and it's keeping you from fixing your eyes on Christ and the things he's called you to do and the things he's called you to be and the things that he wants you to have, but I'm being distracted. It's tripping me up because this world or that hurt or that whatever that might be, I keep putting my eyes on that. And wherever, wherever we set our eyes, that's typically where we go. Whatever that is this morning. So we've already prayed our prayer of confession. Will you lay that aside? Whatever, whatever encumbrance it is, whatever weight, whatever mass, whatever burden, just give that and trust that to Jesus. But also as we've made our confession to say, I'm not going back to this anymore. It's tangled up my my walk with Jesus. It's kept me from who he wants me to be and what he wants me to have. Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles. And then this other reminder here, and it's really the bookends of this verse. Yes, run the race with endurance. Let us run the race. But if you notice the beginning and the end of that verse, it's, it's, it's plural. It's this reminder of go back to chapter 11. All those saints who have, who have wonderfully lived a life of self-sacrifice, those who have not been tripped up but have repented of sin and lived a life free from, from what uh, the devil in this world wants, look to their encouragement, look to their lives, but then also right after that, the other bookend is, if you want to run well, let us run together. I know I say this all the time, but I heard it a few years, and it's been helpful to me. Tim Tennant, who's president of Asbury Seminary, says, you can get saved on a deserted island, but nobody gets sanctified on a deserted island. The author of Hebrews, whoever this person was, knew the importance of of godly company and godly modeling and a godly witness, look back to those who have blessed us today. As as we've read those names today, I didn't tell any of you friends to stand up. I tried to honor our tradition and say, the families can stand, but you were compelled. I loved it. When a name was read, you had to stand and say, that person blessed me in the faith. I am somebody probably I may not have been because of that person and I need to stand to honor and to remember and give thanks to God. That's the impact of this cloud of witnesses. Because of them and because of us, let us run together. It's just like the devil and it's just like this world to try to 
isolate us, to get us alone, and that's when the encumbrances get too heavy, and that's when sin is at the doorstep. The author says, remember that cloud, but also be careful and remember to run well together. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to share it. I went to a hockey game this weekend. I didn't know that the Mississippi Sea Wolves had a game, but we were, all, we were Sarah and I were on the coast for something, and so we went to the game. We got there right as the game started, so we sat in our seats literally as the puck drops. Team goes down, scores a goal. I go crazy. I'm colorblind. It was the wrong team. <laughs> the lady beside me said, wearing a Mississippi Sea Wolves jersey, you look like a nice guy and all, but if you're going to keep doing that, you can sit somewhere else. <laughs> we had a lot of fun the rest of that night. Several years ago, I went to Atlanta to see a minor league hockey game with my wife. We had, we had just been married, uh, just probably a year. And again, Jer if you don't know, my wife was born and raised in Brazil, so she doesn't know anything about hockey. And uh, that was her first hockey game. And I remember just being a little bit nervous because maybe fights or just, I didn't, I didn't know how she'd take that. First, first period was great. Second period was great. About 10 minutes into the second period, a terrible fight happened. I was just kind of, oh, I don't even want to look at her. This is terrible. She's going to be upset. Well, not only did that fight happen, but after they broke it up, they came back to each other and kept fighting. So one of the guys got thrown out. So the home ice the Atlanta night went in the middle of the home ice and just started dancing around. Well, somebody jumped off the bench, which is a big no-no in hockey, and tackled him from behind. So both benches cleared, coaches cleared, managers. It was everybody was on the ice. And it was like two minutes, which is an eternity in that kind of, in that kind of uh, uh, fight. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm not going to look at her. And finally, a voice said over the intercom, Teams go back to the locker room. The second period's canceled. It was that bad. They just sent them back and canceled them. And finally, I looked over and said, baby, I apologize. And she was whistling. And so it's <laughs> like, I have never loved you more this moment. <laughs> it's the power of a crowd, right? Now, she wasn't on her chair calling for blood like everybody else, but she did, she did clap, I think. Um, we read through these names and just having heard the testimonies from, from the services, the funerals, having watched these lives, to know the eternal impact that they've had. I'm so pleased that so many of the families were here today uh, to see people stand, uh, to, to know our prayers this day, but also to remember that Jesus Christ, if we fix our eyes on him, as the author of Hebrews says here in verse 2, fix our eyes on him, he will be, as our choir sang for us this morning, he will be our rest. Be encouraged by the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. But church, we need to run together. We're going to run this race well. I am not the same because of my accountability partners, these two pastors I meet with every Thursday. I am not the same because of my small group. I am not the same because of my Sunday school, and I'm not the same because of you. We have to run together and fix our eyes. Fix our eyes on the Lord. We do that this morning 
as we come to this meal to, to remember, remind ourselves again of the heavenly banquet that's waiting for us as we are reunited with our loved ones, with those who have blessed us so deeply in the faith. But we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ as we share together in this sacrament, this holy meal which he gave to us. We remember that Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We remember that when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is a new covenant of my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.